0: You're watching Horizon Church Online.
1: Love is the most talked about and least understood concept in our culture today. We sing about love. We watch movies about love. We read books about love. We even protest about love all while eagerly waiting for love in our lives. And I think many times it's a concept that surrounds us, that permeates our culture, and yet we don't really have a grasp about what it is or what it should look like. Now, if the abundant life is living and loving like Jesus, we need to understand what love actually is and what it would look like to love like Jesus did. Over the last few months, we've been talking about how to enjoy the best life you possibly can the abundant life. The life of Jesus was defined by peace and joy and fulfillment, and if we become his disciples, his students, and we learn to live and love like he did, we can enjoy the best life possible as well. And so today, we're gonna look at this element of living and loving like Jesus, and that is this idea of love. What is it, and how do we actually express love in our world? Now part of our confusion about the concept of love is due to the English language. Um, if you hate the English language because maybe it's your second language or maybe because you've studied other languages and you realize English has all these special exceptions and weird rules, this is just going to add to your complaint about English. Because in the English language we use the word love very broadly. For instance, in one sentence, I can say, I love Darby, my wife. But in the next sentence, I can say, I love pizza. And hopefully, my wife understands that the feelings and the actions that I take towards pizza and the feelings and the actions that I take towards her are different, even though I'm using the same word. Now, in the New Testament, where the book of Romans that we've been studying through as we look at the abundant life is found, it was originally written in Greek. As English is kind of like the global trade language of today, Greek was the uh, global trade language of Jesus' day. And the Bible was written in that language so that the most people uh, could read it and understand it. But Greek is a very specific language where English many times uses words very broadly. Greek used very specific words to define things. For instance, just on the subject of love, there were many words to represent different facets of what we might call in, Eng- in English today, love. For instance, eros was sexual love or sexual romantic desire. Phileo was brotherly love, like we live near Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Um, agape was sacrificial love, where you set aside what you wanted or your needs to love or sacrifice for someone else. You know, if you've ever had that awkward moment where you're hanging out with your bros and um, one of them's like, I love you, man. I love you. And you think for a minute, what kind of love is he talking about? You know, they never had that issue in uh, ancient Bible times because they would say, I phileo you, man. And that meant, oh, I love you like a brother. I love you like a friend. And so some of these issues about love didn't come up in the uh, Bible times because it was very specific about what it was talking about. But today in English, we use the word love very broadly and many times I think we get very confused about it. Now, Paul explains that the primary duty of a disciple of Jesus, the primary duty of someone trying to live the abundant life to live and love like Jesus is to love like he did. If we love like Jesus did, everything else about the abundant life will flow out of that reality. And so Romans 13 verses 8 through 10, Paul says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, the word in the Greek here that Paul uses for love is agape. He's not talking about brotherly love. He's not talking about sexual love. He's talking about the sacrificial love for others where we put the needs of the one we're loving over our own needs or rights. And this is exactly the type of love that God showed towards us. Agape love is God-like love. When God sent his son into the world to rescue us from our sins, he didn't wait until we got our lives cleaned up. He didn't wait till we had everything right. He came and died for us while we were sinners, while we were still actively practicing destructive things that hurt ourselves and other people. He came and died in our place, not because we deserved it, not because we were lovable, but simply because he is love. Love, by the simplest Biblical definition, is doing what is best for other people regardless of the cost to yourself. Now we have some weird things in our culture that we call love that aren't really love. Like when we just excuse anything that someone does because we say, well, I'm just going to love everybody so I'm going to never tell anybody that they're wrong even if they're doing something destructive. That's not loving. That's lazy. That's apathy. That's avoiding a hard conversation and just calling it love. Avoiding telling somebody that what they're doing is destructive or harmful just so you don't make them mad isn't loving. It is lazy. Love is wanting the best for someone else. That means love is wanting other people to enjoy the abundant life in Christ. And that means not excusing every behavior. Just like if you love your children and they're playing in a destructive environment, such as at a chemical waste refinement plant, you would say, don't play there. It's not loving, uh, it's not a lack of love that pulls you away, but it's actually love that takes them out of that destructive environment. It's not helpful to just excuse every behavior that someone has if they're doing something destructive. That's not loving. Um, If you love someone, you want them to be the best they possibly can be. You want them to become better than they are. You're not just happy where they are. You know, Jesus loves us exactly as we are, but he loves us way too much for us to for us to stay exactly as we are. And as we practice the love of Jesus, loving like Jesus to other people, we need to love people exactly where they are, but love them too much to let them stay there. We want them to grow into the abundant life. And so love demands hard conversations. No, not to destroy someone, not to punish someone, and not to make yourself feel better, Love always is about ultimately helping. And if there has to be something painful like a hard conversation, the end result is always a desire to help that person enjoy greater abundance and get through the pain to greater purpose and enjoyment of life. Now, you really haven't loved in your life until you've loved someone you haven't liked. See, most of us assume that love means we just like someone a whole lot. And so we think, well, it's very easy to love these people because they're very likable, they're similar to me, we have a lot of things in common. That's not love. That's just strong like. That's a lot of similarities. Liking someone and loving someone are very different things. Liking someone means you enjoy being around them. Loving someone means that you're actively choosing to set aside your desires and your needs in order to help them enjoy the abundant life. In this way, we model Jesus who did that same thing for us. He loved us not because we were lovable, not because we earned it. He loved us because he is loving. Loving someone means you've chosen to sacrifice what you want to help them become better, even if they are unpleasant or messy to be around. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. If we're going to live and love like Jesus, then we need to love the unlovable just like Jesus did. We need to love people that we don't like, just like Jesus loved us when we were actively at war with him. Now, This verse teaches us that God is love. Now, our culture says love is God, and that's very different than God is love. God always operates loving. He's always trying to get people to enjoy greater abundance and become better. That's very different than saying love is God, because if God is love, that means that what he tells us is always going to be in our best interest. If love is God, that means we can put our desires and our feelings as the chief definer of what is right and wrong. Love, If God is love, God defines right and wrong. If love is God, love defines right and wrong. Um, In John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I think many times we don't like the commandments of Jesus because we don't really believe they come from a loving place where he wants to make us better. And so we push up against them and say they're out of date or we don't like them or we just reject them out of turn. But everything that God does is an action based out of love, helping us to enjoy greater abundance and to enjoy more intimacy with him. Now, it's not unloving to disagree with someone. In our culture today, if you disagree with anyone, they're like, you hate me, you're against me. No, we can disagree without being disagreeable. If God is love and what he wants for us is best, there are times where we will disagree with people who disagree with God, and we can do that out of love. The idea that love never tells someone that they are wrong isn't Love. It isn't loving to see someone living far below the expectation of an abundant life and to just let them keep living it. Love wants their best. Not what they desire most, but what is actually best for them. Just like with a a kid would eat cookies all the time with their parents, would let them, but a parent recognizes no, you need a healthy, balanced diet, and so I'm not gonna eat let you eat cookies. the time because your desires would actually lead to ruin, to obesity, to health problems, um, to a lack of energy and vitality. And so love sometimes has to have a hard conversation to do what is best for someone. Now C.S. Lewis defined love like this. Love is not an affectionate feeling. We usually think of love as a feeling. But it is a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. So love is not an emotion, it's an emotion that follows an action, an act of sacrifice to serve and better someone else. The best life that you can live, the abundant life that Jesus Christ wants you to enjoy, is a life where you love everyone. A life where you choose to love. Notice what Paul said here, he says in verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love each other. We owe everyone love. Now, that means people you like and people you don't like, people you're close to and people you're far away from. Every being on this planet, you owe them something. You owe them love. Not a love that they deserve, not a love that they've earned, a love that you freely give because you've received free love from Jesus Christ, God in heaven. Now, I don't like owing people things because when you owe someone, even if you don't want to pay it, You have to pay it back, right? That's what it means to owe. If you don't, they're going to come after you. We may not want to show love to everyone. We may encounter someone who's difficult at our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our church, among our friends or family. And we think it's difficult to love this person. That's exactly what it means to love. You haven't really loved until you've loved someone that's difficult to love. When you do that, you are beginning to reflect the love that Jesus Christ showed towards you. Love is a firm decision to sacrifice to help someone else become the best person that they can be. Love is more than a feeling, it's an action, a decision to sacrifice to help others enjoy the abundant life. But here's the paradox, okay? The more you commit to act sacrificially to help someone else enjoy the abundant life, the more you will enjoy the abundant life. So the more you set aside your needs and you say, I'm going to sacrifice to help this person enjoy the abundant life, as you do that, The more your life will be abundant. The more we are like Christ, loving people who don't deserve love, the more we will become like Christ and enjoy the abundant life like Christ did. Now Paul explains here that the loving people is the fulfillment of the law. The Old Testament law was given so that we would recognize our need for a savior. All of us are destructive in our natural tendencies, and without Christ, there's no hope for us. We can never be good enough to have a relationship with God. But the great news is that Jesus Christ came down to earth. He loved us when we were unlovely, when there was nothing uh, well-pleasing about us, and he sacrificed himself for us. He gave everything for us so that we might now enjoy the abundant life with him. And if we're going to live and love like Jesus Christ, that means that now we do that same thing for others. We lay down our life to help other people enjoy the abundant life, just like he laid down his life so that we might enjoy the abundant life in him. So what do we do with this? How do we start loving like Jesus? And most of the time we take a concept like this and we're like, OK, I owe everyone love. I'm going to start loving everyone. And I think that's great. But many times we get overwhelmed and we give up. So I suggest that you pick out one person in your life who's difficult to love. It could be someone in your sphere of friends, in your family, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, at your local grocery store, someone you encounter regularly who's difficult to love. From their behavior, from their words, from their actions, they do not deserve to be loved by you. Pick out that person and begin praying for them each day. And pray this, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will bless So-and-so, you know, John Smith, whatever their name is, I pray that you'll bless them. I pray that they'll have a great day full of your, your joy and your peace. Lord, I pray that you'll give me opportunities to speak kindness into their life. And begin to do this as you have encounters with this person, say encouraging, kind, and uplifting words to them. Don't give them the words that they deserve because of their behavior or because of their speech. Don't say to them the things that they deserve to be said to them, but show them grace, just like Jesus has shown you. Begin to spend time with them and begin to intentionally invest pouring goodness into their life. Find ways to serve them. Recognize how they have needs and find ways where you can sacrifice either your time or your money or something else that they need and begin to serve them. Begin to make these sacrifices for them. And what you'll find is as you pour out your time and your money and your energy to love someone who doesn't deserve to be loved, to begin to show them what it's like to be loved by Jesus as you show them love, you'll find that they begin to change and something happens inside of you. And as hard as it is and as difficult as it may be at times, you'll find that that is where abundance lives. Abundance lives when we love the unlovable. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you loved me. Lord, because we're all equally in need of the cross. We're all desperately in need of Jesus. And I'm so grateful that you loved me when I was unlovely. And you love me when I do unlovely things and when I say unlovely things and when I still follow after destruction. Lord, we're so grateful that your love is constant. It's not a variable, even though many times we vary, your love is constant. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to live and love like you do. And Lord, I pray that as we start loving those people who are around us who are difficult to love, that you will teach us to more fully embrace and enjoy the love that you've shown us that's unconditional and show that unconditional love to other people. And Lord Jesus, we pray all these things in your name, asking for your Holy Spirit to empower us to love the unlovable. Amen.
0: Much for watching our online service today. From all of us at Horizon, we hope you and your family have a happy Thanksgiving. We'd love to know what you're thankful for this season. Use the hashtag thanksonthehorizon to let us know. Our next live service will be November 26th at 10 a.m. at the Ardmore Music Hall. We'll be concluding our series on the abundant life. On December 1st and 2nd we'll be assisting the Bryn Mawr Business Association with the Christmas celebration at the Ludington Library gazebo. Please join us December the 1st during the evening or December the 2nd from 10 a.m to noon as we assist the business association serving the community during the holiday. If you'd like to give to support the vision of Horizon Community Church uh, that allows us to find places to meet and serve in the community and be a part of community events, you can do so online by going to horizonphilly.com give or by sending a check to P.O. Box 979, Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, 19010. Finally, if you have any questions or any comments about our service today, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at connect at horizonphilly.com or text or call us at 484-380-5833. Thanks so much and have a great day.